Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. This is John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. What is up, my friend? Hello, everyone. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm so excited about what's sitting in front of me right now. Well, before we before we get into that, I just want to <laughs> I just want to say hello to all of our our faithful listeners uh, and anyone that's joining us for the first time. Um, we hope that you are that you've enjoyed our first episode of Twins. And speaking of first times and twins. Um, this is a, a a little bit of a special first time for Kevin. We're about to <laughs> clarify. Yeah. So, so in front of us on this little table where we're recording in Kevin's solarium, <laughs> it's my salon. Our uh, salon. Our our twin pourings of a little something called Blantons. Which, I if have... you're not familiar with it, it's because you can't find it anymore. It's so hard to find. I've seen it. I've never seen it in person before. So we are about to have uh, we're about to have Kevin's first ever sip of Blanton's to kick off this part two in our series on twins, the Schwarzenegger 1988 classic. Here's to Arnold, to DeVito, to six degrees of Schwarzenegger. Here's to you, buddy. Mmm. That's good. <laughs> That's good stuff. How do you feeling? <laughs> <coughs> complex I, I feel excellent yeah it's got a lingering heat mm. to quote I, uh <laughs> kurt sloan it's hot, it's hot. <laughs> that's excellent stuff yeah some more over rocks it's um it is yeah i added just a little splash not even a splash just a drop of water and it did a lot to uh open it up release the flavors and I think it's just the perfect way to start episode two in our twin series. Hell yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold is wandering. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to talk twins. <laughs> it's amazing. That is good stuff. You found it by stalking the Internet. I did. I, I stalked a Facebook group that Kevin and I are members of on on the Facebook, <laughs> interestingly enough. And it, basically, it's a bunch of alcoholics like us. Or like, or like me. <laughs> looking for the hard to find stuff. Yeah, looking for the hard to find things. And and so, yeah, there's a place over off of uh, Briarcliff that had this. And so I hadn't had it in a while because, like I said, you can't find it anymore. John Wick had it in a John Wick movie, maybe the first one, and then it became the Holy Grail. Yeah, I remember, I remember a lady, uh, she was a donor to Kentucky Opera. And like at a bourbon tasting one time at like over at her place. 
she was telling a bunch of us, she was like, if you see Blanton's, buy it. Buy more than one because it's yeah. about to become impossible to find. So I guess her ear was to the ground, and this was back in, like, 2013. So In Kentucky, is it easier to find these bottles? I have no I would imagine, probably, just because they're a little more ubiquitous. There was some woman I was talking to, and she said it's just easy to find Blanton's, like, in Idaho or Montana or something when she'd be out there for work. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. That because doesn't do me a whole lot of good, but I guess... Yeah, okay. I would imagine that there are there are fewer bourbon aficionados or alcohol aficionados per capita in places like Mormon Montana. Country? And where could be Mormon country? Yeah, you you can definitely find it in Salt Lake City. Yep, unless the Mormons are stockpiling it and not it telling you. Be. They're getting that was into a their good vices. sip. It's it's excellent. It is. It's just lived up to the memory of it being so excellent. Yeah. Well, anyway, Maybe I have some more. Or should uh, I pour something else? No, of course you can have some more. I'm going <laughs> to let you be in charge of pouring I it. I am going to pour a, not the heaviest, of course. Well, okay. yeah. If you can find Blanton's, go find it. If you can't, it's not a surprise. Don't be sad. Thank you, good buddy. You're welcome, my friend. Well, that's what friends are for. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I guess we'll talk turkey, and by turkey, I mean twins. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what even happened in the last episode? I'm blackout. Um, so in the last episode, we are introduced to Julius, who is a superhuman who was created in a lab in the early 50s by the U.S. government. He was created and lived on a desert island until his mid-30s with a scientist. Mm-hmm. And then the scientist broke the news that, oh, hey, it wasn't just you. You had a twin brother. And we gave him to an orphanage. A conspicuously German scientist. He's a Nazi. I, I, in my heart of hearts, I feel like they cast him or had that actor do a German accent just to try to explain away Arnold's accent. That makes sense. More so than that. They, but yeah, it doesn't, the optics aren't great. No, he's a Nazi. <laughs> 100%. Definitely a Nazi. It's the, so, only, it's the only possible. So as this news is revealed, Julius feeling a sixth sense feels somehow that his brother Vincent is under duress and travels around the world from his uh, tropical island to find Vincent, who's a real shitbag in L.A., played by Danny DeVito. Um, We also meet DeVito's uh, off-and-on girlfriend, Linda, and her sister, Marnie, as well as we find out the fact that Vincent owes 20 grand to some loan sharks and that he has a lot of different jobs, including hawking stolen cars and selling socks. And when he gets landed in jail... Julius finds him after visiting the orphanage where he escaped as a child, from which he escaped. Jesus, and, yeah. And uh, literally. If it, it's dark. Yeah. If you didn't, like, if the movie this, wasn't a comedy, it's very dark. Yeah, it definitely is. And so uh, Julius ends up breaking his brother, and by that we mean bailing him out of jail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to, show his, to show Julius thanks, he ditches him in the parking lot. He does. He leaves him in the impound lot. And so uh, that gets us caught up on part one. Yeah. And so, brings us into part two. At the, um, yeah, we'll pick up at the airport parking lot. Mm. There's a couple of shady looking characters. They drive off in like a brand new shiny Cadillac. Coupe DeVille sedan. Coupe, Coupe sedan DeVille, he Coupe says. Coupe DeVille. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking Caruso. David Caruso is like chewing the scenery as Al. Yep. He compliments the car. He comments on their Hawaiian shirts and sunglasses. I love, I love it, yeah. Where are you going? Out to Hawaii? Gonna catch some of them big waves? <laughs> it is it's like 
they're both wearing driving gloves. It's all very like they're not they don't look inconspicuous. Right. I feel like they're yeah. They stick out like a sore thumb. Definitely. And they're not talkative. Yeah, they sort of snatch the ticket away from him. He directs them up to park on level four. Um, now they pull in as ominous music plays. The mm-hmm. men pop a tape into the tape deck. They get out of their car. They wipe it down. Uh, and they arm the car with the car alarm and they leave it there. Yeah, we get the feeling that something something illegal, some illicit activities just happened. So uh, we got Vincent entering an office building. On Hollywood Boulevard, it looked like. Um, he exits an elevator. He's seems to be have, having been macking on like a woman in the elevator. He's Probably also shaving naturally. again yeah. with his electric razor. He, well, he's out of jail. He is saying something about like, well, I'll call you Saturday or something like that. Or, yeah, why not? Let's <laughs> call So he, he pops out. There's some guys carrying furniture like through the lobby. Yeah. He's like, hey, where are you taking my desk? And uh they tell him he's six months behind on his payments on the furniture, and they're repossessing it. Yep. Now he walks into his office, which is marked Vincent Benedict Incorporated. Jesus. Sports agent, artist's representative, import-export, automobile sales, rental leasing, wholesale patio furniture. Should have said, should have said socks at the bottom. <laughs> I, I love that. He has man. a lot of jobs. He really does. He's got a secretary there in the office. She's telling him. Yeah, Miss Busby. She tried to stop the guys from taking the furniture. Vincent tells her not to worry about it. it I love like the, the the state of disarray of the office. Is like all everything's laying in the floor. Oh my god! Yeah, it's um, awesome. It's full of like his yeah. His office is full of sporting goods, equipment, and like photographs of athletes and stuff like that. I love it. Um, the phone rings as Vincent walks into his office. Right, he picks up a golf club and he just starts fucking wrecking the place. He smashes this basketball. Let off some steam. Starts knocking papers around and whatnot. Um, uh, so Mrs. Busby or Miss Busby tells Vincent that it's Al on the phone and uh, Vincent hustles over. He tells her to take a little time off work. He'll call her when they've had a chance to regroup. Right. Um, she agrees. She's going to leave. And then uh, she produces this birthday gift from her purse, gives it to Vincent. Uh, it's some Aqua Velva aftershave. She shouldn't have. It's like Aqua Velva. You shouldn't have. Um <laughs> You know, they have a very awkward kiss. Yeah. But I mean, because he's way shorter, obviously. Right. But like, it's a it's a romantic. It's not like a kiss on the cheek to your secretary or administrative assistant. It's a very like he plants one on her. Do you get the impression that they've done the deed before? I don't know. Or if it's just maybe he knows that she's into him. That's the thing is like women are inexplicably into him. He's got animal charisma. Mm -hmm. No one knows. And so like maybe just like to to keep her on the payroll until he can figure out what to do financially. You know what I mean? Maybe one of the, one of the six dads was like a great Lothario. Probably. Cause you got to perpetuate that species, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Busby leaves. Uh, Vincent tosses that aftershave right in the trash. Oh, it's so mean. And greets Al. He says, Al, save me. <laughs> Al says, brand new caddy on level four. It's just like from heaven immediately. I'll be there. Don't move. It's so good. Yeah, it's the good timing with a little pep in his step. Uh, Vincent leaves the office, but is thrown back through the glass door. This was like a Texas switch, I think, but it was really good because you see like his frosted glass. Yeah, you see him in his dark blazer sort of reaching the edge of the vision. Yep. But then I feel like another stuntman was sort of pushed into that same spot and rammed through where it looked like. 
It was it a yeah. Good. It was a good stunt. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on a limb and say that was not Devito that went through the glass. You never know. That'd be quite the gig though, like to be the stuntman who could double Devito. Well, that's what I was thinking in the in the first episode when we first meet Vincent when he's escaping from the house of the woman that he's banging, and like that stuntman, I was like, they did a great job of finding a a short statured, short stockyish guy. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I, like I would have sworn that that was Devito. I mean, you never see the guy's face, of course, but I was like, it, yeah, sure, yeah. Now. This huge man comes through, and he picks Vincent up off the ground, says, time's up, Vincent, and uh, he sort of flings him back through the door out into the lobby. Vincent's, like, trying his best. He's like, like kicking the shit out of Vincent, like, for sure. Did you hit me because I didn't feel a thing? <laughs> and the guy <laughs> gut punches him. All, all that stuff felt like improv to oh, yeah. me, I think. Um, yeah, he's sort of roughing Vincent up right as Julius arrives. Thank God. Uh, Julius grabs the guy, I guess, by like a pressure point in his shoulder that, or something. That Vulcan death grip or whatever. He the sort hell. of grabs him on the shoulder, and the dude just sort of crumples. Yeah. Um, Julius tells him there's no need for violence, and then Vincent <laughs> kicks him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julius lets him go, and the guy he tries to hit him. You know, Julius, as we saw earlier, he's got some martial arts skills. It seems like he's just fending these. Uh, blows off yeah this guy's nothing he sort of grabs his arm and flips him over the guy tries to kick julius julius sort of blocks yeah. it and strikes him in the chest knocks him to the yeah. ground and that's when uh vincent steps in a little chest pain <laughs> i love all of this feels improv to me they're yeah. like just what everything would... everything devito was doing was ad-libbed i'm loving for a lot of this movie i feel like is probably true now julius starts to tell him that about the first rule in a crisis situation he tells him, you negotiate first and you attack last. And then, yeah, he's telling him, you know, you skip that. You don't know who I am. The dude wants Who are you? Who are you? I'm Vince's brother. I love he just, like, pops into frame. Like, in. we're twins. It's great. It's awesome. It's amazing timing. Yeah. Amazing timing. Maybe the best timed line in the movie, I thought, as I was watching it. Like, it makes me laugh. We're twins. I didn't watch the trailer, but I guarantee that line's oh, in the trailer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Then the guy, he goes to the wall. He plucks the fire axe off the wall because... Apparently, like, I don't think I've ever been in a place where I've seen an axe on the wall. I have never been in a building where a fire axe was in a box or hanging on a wall readily available for use. This is two straight movies that we've done where there's just been a convenient fire axe after yep. The Rock. Yep. In The Rock, it was like a prison, and they had an axe just hanging on a wall. I guess you have to assume that no prisoners were up on that lighthouse. They but anyway, have been. Yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Ever. So, I've, I've seen... I've seen you know, those cabinets with hoses wrapped up and coiled sure. up in them, but never a fucking axe. You had like the little like hammer and you yeah, seen the, the glass hammer, and seen it's the like, hammer. bring this glass and pull the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. But so this dude comes at Julius with the axe. Uh, Julius remarks that the, the guy has no respect for logic. And then Julius is now he's angry. So he just like, he disarms the dude. He picks him up off the ground by the lapels. Yep. This guy's easily meant to be, at least Schwarzenegger's size yeah, and weight. Or bigger. Yeah, maybe heavier, for bigger, sure. Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he throws him. He flings him through the air into the lo into the elevator. Yeah. We, and Is we, that real? No. I, I, so I, I don't know. I don't know, like, how they filmed it. I feel like the guy maybe was standing on something. And so Arnold didn't have to be holding him up in the air and then just shoved him and upwards and outwards as hard as he yeah. could. That might could have happened. 
Because I mean, I lugged hard for like a wire. For a wire. Or if he might have been on some sort of platform that sprung him backwards or yeah. something like that. But I saw no the, indication. The fact that he got as much air as he did, I was like, it doesn't seem like a wire could pick him up without being being able to see it. Yeah, like it would have been visible, I think. But but I don't think that Arnold could have thrown him hard enough for him to get that kind of air and like slam against the back of the elevator. So whatever it was, I'm not sure how that stunt was done, but it looks fucking awesome. From Julius Benedict. That's right. That is that's a feat of strength. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And Devito gave this look. That was the third feat of wonderment. Yeah. It made me think that maybe Danny DeVito could not believe what he'd yeah. just seen You happen. tell your brother, he messes with me, he messes with my whole family. Another amazing line. I like how tough he is when he's got yeah. when he's got Julius there. Oh, it's awesome. So it cuts to out on the street. Uh, Vincent is praising Julius. Like, oh, I love it when you hit people. And, and, <laughs> and kind of a meta line, right? Julius is like, Oh, I hate violence. Yeah. It's, it's like so funny coming from, from Schwarzenegger's yeah. lips. Yeah. Jewel, uh, Vincent's like, but you're so good at it. It's so good. Dude, their chemistry is off the chain. Yeah. Then he's like saying, you know, you should go in. We should go into business. You could be a boxer. I could be your manager. And he's like, I couldn't fight for money. He's like, no problem. You do all the fight and I'll keep all the money. It's it's good writing. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Julius like presses him. I guess to know like what, how much money do you owe these guys? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Vincent doesn't seem to want to tell him. He says, now don't lie to me. Cause I'll know we're twins and I can feel your pain. Right. So it's kind of strange, but it's also the truth is Vincent gets sort of ticked off. And he's like, we're not brothers. We're not twins. Like we're nothing. And then Julius is like 20,000, which is like, yep. Spot on. Spot, yeah. I guess you can't, Vincent would not be able to deny, I think, there seems to be some type of connection here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so far it's a lot of coincidences. Like, like how would, like, I'm still wondering, like, how did Arnold, how did Julius find Vincent at that office? Yeah. I mean, maybe, book, he, maybe, I guess. I guess he would have had an address, which ought to have been, like, the first place he went to look for him. Maybe he did, and he just wasn't, that was a cut scene. Maybe. Um, so, Vincent hops in his illegally parked car. Okay, with another a, ticket. Another ticket in the windshield, for sure. Um, Julius looks like he's prepared for Vincent to ditch him again. Yep. And then Poor Vincent Ju- tells him, Julius is so nice. Vincent's like, come on! And, like, he, he gets a big grin on his face. He hops in the car. Uh, Julius tells Vincent he's never going to let anyone hurt him as long it's as so he's sweet. around. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Vincent tears ass <laughs> out of there like to the delight of Julius oh, yeah. He's like squealing so I we were watching this the other day and I had a theory because DeVito he puts on this hat I was like mm-hmm. why is he wearing a hat later when Schwarzenegger's driving the car he's wearing the same hat right and my only thing I could think of was that it makes it where the stunt driver doesn't have to be like wigged or right. have a bald cap on or whatever because I was like, there's no way that was DeVito tearing, like, burning rubber through the intersection. No. Did he run a red light or was it green? I I feel like I've tried to look, but I don't think you can tell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now they're driving along. Uh, Vincent is telling Julius that he promised his friend Sammy <laughs> that he was going to pick up this car that he's got parked at the airport. Uh, he asked Julius, would you be able to drive my car back after we get this other I car? I love this bit. With the manual? Yeah, I love the bit with the manual. Julius is like, yeah, sure. Then he asks if he's got a, an owner's manual. And he's like, uh, 
Yeah, in the glove box there. And he's like, oh, oh right. He's like starts speed reading the manual. It's amazing. He's just dragging his finger down like each page. I love. Yeah, when he's like, What, what are you do- doing with your finger there? What do you do with the finger there? It's like I don't need to drive. He's like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I. That's one of the. That's one of my favorite things, especially that line. What are you doing with the finger there? Uh huh. Devito, um, he brings it. So they arrive at the at Al's parking deck. Vincent is like pretending to look for a, a hidden key. He's putting on a there. show of the car, of the keys not being. He's like, there. surely it's behind the tire, or it's up in the wheel well, or whatever. He's like, he usually leaves the key here. Uh, then he tells Julius, like, oh, you must have forgotten to leave the key, but a lot of handicapped children are going to be very disappointed. <laughs> what a dirtbag. He's a dude. bastard. I like, Literally. Uh, Vincent's like, what do you mean? And he tells him, well, you know, this car was going to be auctioned off at a, this charity drive tomorrow. He's like, oh, well, let's go get something to eat. Beautiful. <laughs> He's like, he plays it so well. Yeah, but I, I, I wondered about this is like, why could Julius not tell that Vincent was being deceptive here? Is he so innocent that he just doesn't believe that anyone would lie? That anybody, he trusts everyone, it seems like. Yeah. Like, he was real nice to the Clean brother. That's true. He gave him the benefit in of the, the doubt. In mid-violence, he was like, let's talk about this. That's true. Um, yeah, that's what I chalk I'm just up saying to. It's but like, he has the mental connection. That's right. He's got the sixth sense, that, uh, that clairvoyance with Vincent, seemingly. But maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he buys it. He, uh, he suggests to Vincent... Maybe we should just try to open the car up ourselves. He's like, geez, do you really think we should do that? It's for children. <laughs> well, you got a point. So he produces this, like, Slim Jim or lock picking yeah. uh, device. He's like, you know, I saw a guy from the auto club do this <laughs> once. And he's just, like, pops that lock right open. He's like, oh, beginner's luck. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, now the Cadillac's alarm starts going off. Right. And Vincent like scurries down underneath the dashboard, like looking to whatever disconnects something, I guess. Uh, Julius, he moves to the rear of the car and just fucking we lifts our, the thing. We got our fourth it. feet of strength. He lifts that thing up off the ground. He's groaning, whatever. The uh, the alarm cuts off. We get some great Arnold faces during the lift of that car. <laughs> yes, good grunting, probably. It's impressive. Do we think he really probably didn't pick up the end of that car for real? If if he did, then it must have been like a prop car where yeah. it was just the shell of a car yeah. know, or something like this. Because, yeah, I don't think that – we have to wonder. Like, we think that that Julius is like a Superman, right? Yes. He's not Confirmed. He's not as strong as Schwarzenegger. He's, a, he's like 20 times as strong as Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like Captain America, like yeah. you said. Like, he's – Beyond he is, just... He is beyond superhuman. Like, he is superhuman strength. Okay. So, yeah, he, he tells... Uh, Julius tells Vincent. He's like, you know, if you lift the car's rear end to an angle greater than 45 degrees, then the then the mercury switch and the alarm thinks that the car is being towed away and it cuts off. Okay. Yeah, Vincent's just, like, sort of soaking it all in. Um, we could also agree that he lifted it nowhere close to 45 degrees. Right. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't just change the script to say 20 degrees or 15, yeah. 30 degrees, whatever. Maybe because 45 is the it deal. It sounds better. People know what that means, perhaps. Or maybe that's actually true. That could be. Yeah, Even know. car that's on the back of a tow truck, I don't feel like, is at a 45 degree angle. Yeah, I don't know. Um, at any rate, <laughs> <laughs> Julius asks Vincent for the keys to the Mustang. And in like sort of a daze, 
Vincent produces the keys and hands them over there. Yeah. Now they're driving out. Vincent sort of gives Al a little, uh, you know, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Thanks. Beautiful. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Yes. Um, yeah. Julius is like struggling to drive the Mustang. It's all very herky jerky, like a lot of tires screeching. Yeah. Uh, Vincent tells him, step on it. And Julius, he floors it and then like screeches to a stop beside Vincent. But I mean, <laughs> I love that. I'm amazed how well it's going. <laughs> it's such a great line. A 5.0 Mustang would be a lot of car to handle for someone who's never driven yeah. before. Agreed. That's like, that's a lot. Um, it does seem to be an automatic at least. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's no gear shifting involved. Otherwise he'd be fucked. I like Vincent telling him like, just use, use one foot at a time. One foot. Okay. I will do it. <laughs> he seems like he just tore off. He wasn't even looking like if there's a red light or what. Yeah. It, it was sort of a similar situation when he peeled out earlier. We didn't know if Vincent ran a light. Didn't know if, if <laughs> Julius ran a light there. He's anyway, Julius has left Vincent in his dust. He, uh, Vincent back in the Cadillac, he, Picks up the car phone. <laughs> this part is great. Well, it's one of those blasts from the past that you love. Also. I do. I love the, yeah, the, the old school car phones. Old technology. I mean, Vincent is begging to get caught. He's like making calls from the stolen car. Yeah. He's calling his own personal car from the stolen car. Like, he's not going to get away with this. No. Um, God, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. He's like leaving a, a huge trail. Idiot. Um, now... Julius, here's the the car phone ring. I feel like it's another almost like another psychic moment where he sort of figures out what he needs to do because I think they cut to Vincent and he's in his car and he's like, pick up the phone, the little thing making the noise, and then it seems to click. Yeah. For Julius, he picks that thing up. They get to talking a little bit. This is Vincent's car. Can I help you, please? <laughs> Vincent's got like all the fucking luxuries, man. For a dude who seems to be broke, mm-hmm. he's like got a nice nice car. With the car phone, he's got an office on Hollywood Boulevard, a house we haven't seen I was gonna yet. Say, we're going to see his house later, and it's ridiculous. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the. Uh, he's like, "Hey, it's me, he's Vincent. Like, Where like, are you?" I like. He's like, "I'm this little." He's looking in the rearview mirror. You see that little dot? And I like the. What are you doing back there? The conversation is so endearing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing back there? He's just like geeking out. It's like the best day ever. For he is, he's like a puppy dog. It's yeah. like every day is yeah. the best day that he's ever had. Um, so Vincent tells him he's like, "We're gonna pull into the supermarket. It's gonna be coming up, you know, on your right." He gets to the supermarket. He's like, oh, there it is. He just jerks the wheel. Cuts the wheel as hard as you can. <laughs> he hits a curb. Yeah, like a parking barrier or something. He it's, pops up on two wheels, God, so like cool. riding on two, on the, not like the two rear wheels, but like the two right side yeah, wheels. Yeah, the two passenger whatever, side left wheels. Side was, whatever it is, yeah, passenger side. Where he is sure. up in the air. Dude, first of all, when I was a kid, I used to love this shit. Yeah. The it's car the sounds like that are thing. amazing. Yeah. There used to be, I feel like there would be competitions like on ESPN back in the day with people doing this, like competitively. I don't even know how you score that, who can go the farthest or who's got the most style points. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I can't remember what, but I remember they would like hit whatever the a ramp or it something. It was like a ramp that like, that kicked the car up on two wheels. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. What What would happen if you saw this happening in real life? In the parking lot at Kroger. Well, now you'd run after it trying to get it on your cell phone. <laughs> Everyone, I just feel like it would, every, all activity in the parking lot would stop. Yeah, everyone would lose their minds. 
it isn't fucking nuts. Like, I would lose my shit for sure. Well, and they, I don't know if they did, a, like, if the people around were extras or if they were just, like, people at the grocery store standing around. But, like, all the people in the parking lot that are watching this stunt happen seem uh-huh. to be genuinely, like, impressed <laughs> by it. I feel like they would have had to have been extras, but I think that's just the natural reaction. Yeah, it's awesome. Julia seems to plop the car down, like, in a parking lot. Well, he's, he's, like, if I did that by accident... I would soil myself, but he's <laughs> he's loving it. But I also feel like if you're Superman, then he's just like, oh, this is great. He is delighted. I know how to do this preternaturally. Like, I never have to worry about anything. I love that moment afterwards where Vincent pulls up next to him and he's like, did you see me with the two wheels? I, you know, I can teach you that, Vincent. It's so awesome. That's amazing to me. Yeah. It's like, let me tell you something. Nobody likes a smart ass. <laughs> but, dude, I love the delivery from Arnold. You know, I can teach you that. <laughs> No, he can't. What? I bet he could now. It's like yeah, he's, he's done it once. He can. He absolutely knows how. Okay, now. that's fair. That's the thing is, I feel like Arnold, like one, he's that kind of. He's sort of like Neo in the Matrix. It's like ah. he's done the thing one time, and now he's a master. He did. It. He sort of like downloaded the. Uh, the yeah, he downloaded manual. the manual. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, now inside the inside the supermarket, Linda and Marnie are shopping. He just happened to be there and smoking. I, that's the blast from the past for this whole part that like gets me is like people just smoking in places just like walking, the store. walking down the bakery aisle the baked goods aisle <laughs> like getting your your devil's food or angel's food cake and just smoking a cigarette I get the impression this can't be a coincidence I feel like there must there must be a plan Vincent must have been like I'll meet you at the grocery store or something I don't see how this is a coincidence it'd have to be the smallest world ever I think it's a coincidence because he was just there to get groceries for him and yeah him and julius to have dinner i guess so that's a that's a coincidence of coincidences yeah but i'm into it yeah um this is not that type of movie (laughs) (laughs) no so no what a time anyway to be smoking in the grocery store linda is like trying to explain why she's into vincent why he's actually a good guy she sounds fucking delusional well she's talking about him having like he's suave she's like he's he's a force of nature yeah that that he's (laughs) that it's all about style with him she says uh i guess it is i mean yeah you can't argue with the results no um marnie is very skeptical she points out that he you know all those lines he uses on her they're just old song lyrics yeah you know linda yeah Linda seems like she, she's like, I know that. You don't think I know that? That's just his style. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, even if he doesn't know that he means it, he means it. He's a, he's a truly romantic soul. Yeah, Marnie is like, I can't listen to it anymore. And she, like, walks off. Yeah, Linda's, like, muttering after I like she She's like, well, laid. don't, because if you had a boyfriend like I have, you'd make a cake like this, and he'd love you, and you'd get laid. <laughs> Imagine a world in which Marnie is struggling to find love. I, I think to, it's I probably myself there. I think it's probably because Marnie I don't think Marnie puts up with bullshit. Yeah. Do you think it's that or do you think she's like really high maintenance? I feel like she doesn't put up with bullshit. I hope it's that. Well, the the thing that that cues me into that is the very next thing that happens cuz we find Julius at the magazine rack and the most impossible thing that's ever happened happens <laughs> where he just picks up an unwrapped Playboy off the magazine rack. Was there ever a day that Playboy was just sitting on the rack like that? Not in a grocery store. And if it was, it was, it, it would have been in, it would in a, that's, I don't know, maybe a Cali- California. It would have been in a plastic bag. 
True, without, yeah, yeah. The blacked out bag or whatever. So anyway, he like turns around as he's looking at the centerfold. And he Ooh. bumps into Marnie and he drops the mag and there's immediately like this eye contact and they're like, and and he's like, excuse me. They, well, they both say it. And there's this immediate chemistry, but I love what clues me into what I was just saying about Marnie is that is that she knows he was just looking at porn. Uh-huh. And she says, she's not bad. <laughs> like, she doesn't bust his balls about it or think it's gross. She's yeah. just like, you know, this guy's looking at porn. And, and like, I just think that Marnie's sort of worldly wise and down to earth. And, that, and that's not to say that it's like guys go look at porn it's cool and it's only cool if a girl is cool with her guy looking at porn that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying it's like she's a good sport about you know she doesn't she's like ah. give me five minutes let me go look at porn right now <laughs> no um he he awkwardly sort of picks up the magazine he's trying to explain like that he didn't know that, that the magazines had things like this in them right and then she's like well where where have you been a deserted island he goes into like his spiel of his journey well, it just so happens he's like I love that. Yeah, he's got that like speech is always locked and loaded. I think he used it on like the he used it on in the prison or the jail. Yep. He used it at that dude on the street who was trying to rob him. He's like, you know, I come from a tropical island, 300 nautical miles south southwest of Fiji. Uh, <laughs> he's not a great storyteller. Yeah, we got Vincent sort of overlooking this and like rolling his eyes. And he's like, you know, I've only been in L.A. for a few, couple of days. and I've already found my brother. It's funny that Vincent doesn't even seem like surprised that he's talking to Marnie. To, Marnie, to your point earlier about like what if he knew they were there but I think it's just that he's more yeah. like bemused by the situation he's like oh of course he's macking of on course Marnie. yeah um, so yeah he says like this is my twin brother Vincent <laughs> she turns around and like Marnie is just in shock uh, at rightfully so yeah um, I don't even know how a person should react if that, in that situation that you're like you're not twins like what no, There's such a I thing as fraternal guy. twins, though. There is, but she knows Vincent. Yeah. Like, well, then Linda arrives weird. and she's like, she's like, I didn't know you had a brother. And he's like, me either. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> how okay. about Vincent's line? You look gorgeous in this light. <laughs> the, the, the fluorescent light of uh, the grocery no one, store. No one has ever looked good in grocery uh, store light. I loved that. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, good. it's like, he's just a nonstop, like, game spitter. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, I was into it. It's very funny. Julius is like, ridiculously excited that, that, that uh, Marnie and Linda are sisters. And Marnie, uh, justifiably, still in shock. She's like, twins? Yeah. Marnie and Julius, may I say, are absolutely frothing for each other. They are worked, <laughs> they are worked into a vigorous lather. <laughs> so now, out in the parking lot, Vincent seems to be sort of like low-key explaining to the girls that Julius, you know, he's like harmless. He just, you know, he latched on to me. I'm looking out for him. Yeah. You know, uh, the implication seems to be that Vincent is not he's a not believer. Sold. He doesn't yeah. believe that they're actually brothers or twins or anything of that nature. Agreed. Vincent makes the smooth, like, getaway. He's just, he's always a, he's a smooth talker. He's like, well, catch you later. It's nuts. And then uh, Julius tries to mimic that. But he's got the Mustang in reverse and goes, like, squealing off backwards. I've only been driving an hour. <laughs> yeah, he comes back. <laughs> Dude, I read a thing where this speaks to Arnold's uh, work ethic. That he, like, hooked up with Milton Berle before this movie, like, just to... He wanted to work with a comedian, work on his comedy timing. 
Oh, and I feel like that's amazing. It shows in a scene like this where it's just like everything about it is so, you know, so totally. pitch perfect the way he did it. Yeah, totally. I love Arnold's dedication. Though. I do, too. Like, he's like, if I'm going to do a comedy, I'm going to, like, do it the very best I can. Again, let life lessons to be learned from Arnold. When you have millions of dollars, go find the best person you can find to do a thing to teach you how to do that thing. Yeah. Now go do it, all of you. <laughs> so, back at Vincent's house, uh, they're unloading the groceries. Yeah. Vincent's house is, like, straight up nice. How much did you say it's worth now? So, I did a little Google stalking, a Zillow stalking. That house where they filmed, which I should say has been renovated... It, it's a $4 million house now in Santa Monica. But they put a second story Jesus. on the house. It's now got a second story. So I feel like it was big then, though. It, it was, was big at for least one two, dude. Two or three bedroom, probably. Yeah. I mean, I would think the size it was then, it would probably have been at least half of what it costs now. So, yeah, that house If that's was a $2 million, million house, yeah. you know, maybe back in the 80s, it might have been a million. It was still a million dollar house, I got to think. Just because of the real estate. Being in Santa Monica? Yeah. yeah hell yeah. yeah. Um, Julius is asking uh, Vincent if Linda is his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> He's like, is Monty your girlfriend too? It's Th- just, that's a strange thing. Does Julius not know how relationships work? But also, I think he kind of doesn't. But also, it might just be because he's like, because in a lot of cultures, people do have more than one partner. Yeah. Whatever. We don't know how the fuck it was going down. Julius is very liberal minded. How many wives did Werner have on the island? He was definitely having sex with Moo Moo Lady. <laughs> and then whoever else might have been there. He may have been sure. having sex with Karate, karate Guy. Man. Karate like teacher. Any, any number of one of a. Uh, of, uh, whoever any, else might be there. Any one of a number of interns. Any castaways who watch them on the island? Do you think Cast- they were hunting people for sport on that island? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Covering himself with blood and going dude, out at night. Dude, there was definitely people. like some Island of Dr. Moreau shit probably happening on that island. Like uh, animal, human hybrids. I don't think that, well, I guess if he was hiding it from Julius, it's possible. <laughs> shit. That'd be amazing. That should have been the sequel. Dr. They Vanna. go back to the island and he Rawr. discovers it's like, yeah, they're being hunted by they're these. They're all like otter people. and <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Seal people. Like boars. <laughs> Wild boars. That's amazing. Um, oh, my God. So, what's this movie about? I don't know. Who? What? Twins? Uh, Vincent says no. Like Marty yeah, hates me. Yeah, but he's but Vincent's like, but she likes you though, and he's like, well, how does she like me? She doesn't even know me. And Vincent's like, well, that's the best way. He's he's not entirely off base. Yeah, he he starts talking about how like women like mysterious, devious men who keep them on their toes, which is he might be a little more off the mark there. I think the devious the devious part's weird, but yeah. But you know. You also have to admit that he's found a system that works. It, it, it is paying game busters for him, yeah, for sure. Julius doesn't get it, obviously. You know, Vincent asked Julius if you do like women. He's like, oh, I love women. I have the highest respect for women. They're strange and sensitive. They have compassion. Vincent hits the nail on the head. You're a virgin. <laughs> That's private. <laughs> then he goes walking off. He's like a 230-pound virgin. Aww. I... I think when I was first watching this movie, I was so young, I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Being a virgin or not. I'm like, yeah. huh? Whatever. I don't know what it means. But I yeah. wouldn't have in 1988. It was obviously something that uh, that Julius was like embarrassed about, you know. Although I will say inside the house, they're walking in and Vincent's being kind of nice about it. saying, you know, it's just one of those things, you know? Yeah. Um, Vincent, yeah, he, he doesn't treat him like a total dirtbag about it. No. Which is great. I think he realizes, if nothing else, Julius is just a genuinely nice person. Yes, definitely. Now, inside the house, 
Vincent is greeting his cat, Julius. What? He's apologizing for neglecting the cat. Yeah. Which got me wondering, how long has he been gone? Well, I like that it's he says at least that he, overnight in jail yeah. the day before. He's been gone two days. Was he gone even? He was gone the previous night at that woman's house. Was, he hasn't been home in two days at least. You think? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't, I was trying to look, because he does seem to be wearing the same clothes, yeah. basically. He's been like, gone for two days so straight. So he rolled out of bed. He went to the parking, no, he went, he rolled out of bed with that woman. He went to find Linda to hit her up for money. Yep. Then he went to the parking deck to yep. steal a car. Then he went to go sell those socks. Yep. Got busted. He hasn't been home in two days. To jail, from jail to the office? Yes. To, <laughs> oh my God, this is getting complicated. To, to the get office? To beat up. Yes. To go in to steal another car. Correct. Then to the grocery store. Two days. He hadn't been home in two days. And then, okay, so it's like, yeah, it's at least 48 hours we figure that he's been gone. Okay, so he owes that cat an apology. Definitely. <laughs> Poor little Julius. And I don't like cats, but that's sad. Julius Benedict points out the incredible coincidence that his cat is named Julius. Yeah, I love the look that Vince gives him like he's never thought about it before until that moment. That coincidence is like that's beyond the realm of like happenstance. Yes. Julius is not a common name for a human or a cat. No. Um, I'd also like to point out that I've been watching this movie for decades and it wasn't until more recent viewings that I noticed that his house is just full of patio furniture. Yeah, that, it was it was when, it was when you and I watched it over the summer that I was like, why is there so much fucking? And I, it it never occurred to me to read his entire job title on the door <laughs> earlier. He sells I was like, patio. Why furniture. is there? Patio furniture everywhere. I like the house is furnished with patio furniture, but it's also just stacks of chairs and umbrellas. Well, I think it's it's a I love it. It's a cheap way for him to make money and also not have to buy any furniture. Yeah, yeah. no, I dig the shit out of it. It's like so clever. I can't believe I never noticed it. Is all I, I thought you were about to say. I, I can't believe I never thought of it. No, like, <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that. This is a nice um, house. <laughs> so now Vincent is preparing their their takeout eggplant parms. Mm. Uh, Julius is intrigued by the microwave. Yeah. He must, he surely knows that microwaves exist, wouldn't you think? They had to have had electricity of some kind on that. They island. surely did. They, I could see them not having a microwave, but I would think that he would be aware that this contraption. He, he knows that automobiles and other things exist. He knows how beer was made. He knows what a microwave is. Okay. For sure. I would have thought so as well. But um, he still can be intrigued by it because he's never seen. He's never one seen practice. one work. Yeah. How yeah, yeah. does it work? I yeah. I still don't honestly know how a microwave works. The tiny the nuclear reactor like inside. No. I don't know, dude. Should we be wearing like a, a lead? I've often apron? thought about. It. I've often been very like wary of the microwave. Yeah, I like. How does the radiation stay inside this glass? Like whatever. Anyway. Anyway, give them to every American. <laughs> it's fine. Well, uh, Vincent's explaining to him, you know, I know you're used to whatever spear and fish in the lagoon and all that. That's but amazing. Here, here on the mainland, we just nuke it. I love that <laughs> shit. Uh, and I is, love all their, like, synchronized table movements with the napkins yeah. and the moving their glasses and stuff. I will also say Vincent's house is like a bonanza of product placement. Yes. Which kind of makes sense when you're unloading groceries. Yeah. Maybe, but I there's, like, brawny and Pringles and Coors and Raid. Like, it was a lot going on in the background. Mm. A winning combination, Raid and Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Vincent saying this thing that I've never heard anyone say, but it, but Julius seems to know, or they've got the mind meld going. Yeah. Through the lips and over the gums. Look out, stomach, here it comes. Oh. 
it's very effective. I love nuked food. I love nuked food. It's very, all this is like a very effective in convincing us that there is some special. There's a connection, but no shit. Anything covered in that much cheese is delicious. So fuck it. I'm, I'm with him on his more cheese, the merrier. Uh, Oh yeah. Put cheese on any, if there's cheese already on a thing, then more cheese would make it better. If you took like a waffle and put cheese on it, you know, or something, I could see a brownies with cheese on it. I was about to say, I don't know. I could get down with some cheese on some brownies. We'll figure it out <laughs> we're at gonna a commercial do the, break. We're going to do the hard work. That's right. We're going to save you all the trouble and let you know how it is. Uh, now, back at the parking deck, there's ominous music playing as this mysterious man walks up. He looks very confused by the empty parking spot where the Cadillac used to be. Yeah, and this is our friend Marshall Bell, who would go on to be in Total Recall in a yes. couple of years with Arnie. We saw him recently in Deadwood. Yeah. Um, great character actor from this era. Yeah. Sort of always plays the same note of human being, but it's always effective. Yeah. We don't know who he is, but he's clearly going to be trouble for the Benedict brothers. Just given the music and his his yeah his confused look, he's sinister looking to say the least. Now back at Vincent's, Julius has explained their origin to Vincent. <laughs> apparently off screen. I love all this. Yeah, they're sitting at the patio table, like just set up in the dining room or whatever. They outline this like one of their fathers was a pro football player. One was mm-hmm. a Nobel Prize winner. He says like mom was a superwoman but didn't survive the delivery, and so it's like. The whole story is very, like, you'd be incredulous to hear it. Yeah. No, it seems like a thing that's not scientifically possible. Yeah. Um, so Vincent's recapping what he's just been told in this, like, sarcastic way. It's like, I was sent to an orphanage while you were raised on a tropical paradise by a scientist who you do research for, but he doesn't actually pay you because you don't need money. But, but again, so, like, Julius, again, like, doesn't appreciate the sarcasm. He's like... Right. It's important that we find our father. We got to go find our fathers, and then that's Vincent's like, "Oh, you're the guys who contributed to the sperm milkshake," which and he's not far off. Mix up in a flask, <laughs> basically, just mix it all together in a flask. Um, now Vincent says, "You know, this type of story is every orphan's fantasy, but it's just a crock." He's like, "My real mom and dad were rich, and beautiful, <laughs> and one day there's going to be a knock at the door." And they're going to, like, he's doing this whole thing, like, oh, my darling, my treasure. We didn't know. How can we ever, can you ever forgive us? And, uh, dude, I will also say DeVito is a talented actor. DeVito's awesome. These scenes, I'm just like, he seems so real. Like, he's a f- hilarious guy, but he can also play these moments of sincerity. Go back well. and watch some of those old episodes of Taxi. Okay. He's so good. Is he like a jerk? He's the behind the glass guy, right? Oh, he, yeah. It's like, I mean, that cast was sick, first of all. I mean, just. Uh, Christopher Lloyd in that, too? Christopher Lloyd was in that. Annie Kaufman, um, Judd. Uh, who's the boss was in it, right? Danza. Yeah. Danza. I mean, like, it was a who's who list of the, like, the greatest actors. DeVito was fucking hilarious in that show. So Vincent. Get now, on TV land and find some episodes of Taxi. Check that shit out. <laughs> now, in a major in a major plot development, what? Vincent says, "I've got documents that prove that my mom's still alive." He's about to blow this thing wide open, Kevin. Uh huh. So he he goes. It's revealed that he's the one who stole those files from his orphanage file or whatever. Makes sense. Um, he shows Julius his paperwork, like from the government. It's basically a, a file saying or a document saying that he's been 
you know, rejected for receiving aid because his mother's not dead. She just abandoned him. Sucks. Um, yeah, totally. The paperwork has an address for the mom in Los Angeles. It's like, there's no way that the secret government, like, shadowy group would leave all of this. Or, name, or name him Benedict. Exactly. <laughs> Like, why would he would have no, he would have no last name. Fucking name him Vincent Price before you name him Vincent. Yeah, it'd be Vincent X or something. Vincent Z. They would have just, they wouldn't have given him a name. They would have dropped him off. He's, he, yeah. Or he's patient, patient A and patient B. They didn't drop him off with a, with an affidavit saying this child's name is Vincent Benedict. Like, there's no birth certificates involved in this birth thing, I don't think. Unless these scientists are fucking stupid, which maybe they are. Maybe. Um, anyway, I love Ju- Julius's reaction is to be like overjoyed at this development. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, you know what this means? Like our mom might still be alive. Oh, cool. Vincent is like, I have no, in- Vincent's got no interest in finding. He's like, I don't know about your mother, Miss Perfect 1952, but my mother was a slut. And if she's still alive, I hope she's in a lot of pain. Uh, yeah, that's harsh. Uh, he's, but he's she, damaged. She I dumped mean, me once. There's no way I'm going to give her a chance to do it again. And I... Don't know how I would feel if I was in his shoes, but I could see you're super duper uh, defensive and you got your walls up and your barriers. Yeah, I would say I would say after a life of dealing with the things that he's dealt with, either um, perpetrated by socioeconomic uh, situation or That's his it. own or his own personal choices, that he might not be inclined to go looking for someone that had abandoned him. Sure. Especially not, I mean, he's lived his whole 35 years or since he found out about this document, yeah. like thinking that basically his mom just didn't give a shit about him and Why threw him away with the trash. So, yep. but Julius points out that, you know, if they lied to, to us about her dying, they might have lied to her too about us dying. Um, at that moment, the phone rings. It's Who could the, it be? It's the Clean brothers, oh. I guess, saying that he better have their money by tomorrow or else. Vincent's like, or else what, you blimp? <laughs> I don't even really get that, but um, I, I guess, guess they're big guess, guys. Yeah. So then they, like, shoot out the window or they threw a grenade through it. There was, it was weird what was happening I there. I think it was, like, a shotgun blast, like, probably. Like it was a, the window broke out, and then, like, just a big clump of debris came flying through the thing. I don't know what happened, but, yeah, I think they shot out his windows. They didn't nail the stunt, the effect, rather. Right. So these claims mean business. They do. The stakes are high. Um, <laughs> at this like ultra modern looking sort of office building, the same two men who dropped off the Cadillac at the parking deck are walking and talking. Yeah. They enter an office and there's a mystery man from the parking deck is sitting in there waiting for them. <laughs> I fucking love this. <laughs> Give it to me. Like, who are you? I'm Webster. <laughs> <laughs> He's like so friendly. <laughs> I, I'm wet. It just like his voice is so I'm Webster. Re- I'm Webster. So the, the two men get upset because this guy Webster is already supposed to be on his way to Texas. Right. And they were never supposed to have a face to face. Yeah. Webster's not other. surprised by anything. He's like, yeah, I know. I love the line. I This one's always sticks in my head too. the I got my driving gloves. I got my driving glasses. I got my driving hat. But I got no car. <laughs> so it's great. He's chewing scenery. This yeah. Webster. He's making the most of his view. He like I like that all the bit actors in this movie. They're like They're went for, for it. it. Yeah. yeah, like Caruso and, and this guy. It was a product, according to Schwarzenegger, of those of Devito and them not taking salaries, that they were able to cast guys who maybe charged a little bit more 
in these smaller parts, which is awesome. Yeah. Right. So the the dudes are like insisting that they left the car there. The merchandise was in the trunk. There was instructions on the cassette tape. Yeah. Um, the other man's like, nah, he just wants more money. Don't you see what's going on here? And then uh, Webster explains, he's like, you know, my reputation for being the best is because I always deliver the merchandise and I always come back with the money. Then the one guy comments that uh-huh. the uh, parking deck attendant, Al, he's like, you know, he remarked how much he liked the car. Yeah. You know, and it piques his interest. Webster's eyebrows go up. He's like, the parking attendant. And he's like, yeah, we had these like Hawaiian shirts on. We were trying to look like tourists. I would say their attempts to look inconspicuous. Uh, failed miserably. They looked very conspicuous. But Webster is like, you know what? It occurs to me that in over 20 years of business, none of my clients has ever seen my face. And they're like, well, I don't think that'd be a problem. Uh, Fucking Webster, man. It's he, rough. He like kills him in cold blood. He produces the pistol with the silencer and takes him out. Um, I think the pistol with the silencer is one of the most sinister images of 1980s action cinema. Yeah. Like... The- Nothing good, and especially if someone takes the time to like take the silencer out and apply oh, it, like Hans put Gruber, it, put it on the gun. It's just like, like ah, Jesus. slowly unscrewing it when he's sitting there with uh, and Ellis, then, and then puts it slowly down on the table. But, but like a silencer on a gun or was is it? Like, no, was that when he was with Takagi? Yeah, I can't remember which time. No, he, he killed, might have had it both times. He took the. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, he shot Ellis without a silencer. Yeah. I think he shot them both without. No, he might have had a silence on when he killed Takagi. I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Once we finish here, we're oh my watching. God. I was about to say. <laughs> I feel like we should do a whole series on that scene. <laughs> so um, now, presumably Webster was seen entering this place by a lot of people, unless he snuck in through a window or something. Maybe he did. Man, I love Marshall Bell. He's so good in this. He really is. I mean, for like the ten minutes that he's in the thing, if that. But it's just like. I'm Webster. I'm Webster. I got my driving glasses. I got my driving hat. But I got no car. Oh, man. So good. He's good at playing this bad guy. Dude, I'm ready to take a break and watch Die Hard. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should sign off then. Yeah. Hope you guys are ready for episode three. We're going to get that queued up for you. In the meantime, go enjoy yourselves. Stay warm. My parents are having snow in Kentucky. My siblings have snow in Tennessee. My sister has snow in New York. I want some. We're ready for our I'm not saying we're, we're going to ha- we get rain. Well, it's I got to get that. We got to get the furnace fixed. Nah. Then bring it on. Nah, we have a fireplace. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>